The following audio is from Gold Country Baptist Church in Shingle Springs, California. Visit gcb.church to find more resources and to learn about our church. Women of the Word, January 21st, 2024, Part 2 of The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. Okay, let's pray. Dear Lord, I just first lift up Tara to you as she's not feeling well. Thank you for her and her um, continuous effort and work to make this class um, fruitful. Thank you for her giftings. And um, I just pray for this day, Lord, that we would, it is the day that you have made, and let us rejoice and be glad in it. And so just put our hearts in that rejoicing place of looking to you for our strength and comfort. And I pray that our time in worship would be, um, just a renewal of the Spirit and our love for you. Um, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord. And that this that I share with everyone today would be um, just a mindfulness of how we can grow further in you and in your word. And we thank you in your name. Amen. Amen. Alrighty, so was anybody not here? Oh, we have all returners, I think, right? Did everybody get the book? Were you here last week? Okay, yeah. So I have one more book if um, I found one more if we need another copy for somebody. Um, but okay, let's review really quick. <laughs> <laughs> so last week, um, we found the secret to the freedom of self-forgetfulness, which is to start having what kind of an ego? Empty. Empty, but filled with? Filled with Christ. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was going to make you look really good on the tape. Um, yeah, like we we need to empty ourselves, right, because we're puffing ourselves up and be filled with the word, be filled with Christ. Um, did anybody do the practice homework? You did? How'd it go? Great. I read the book twice. Okay. I my husband read it and uh-huh. my cousin read it. Wow. And I, I'll try, was that the book we were supposed to read once a month? Oh, I don't read know. Spiritual oh, that's a spiritual <laughs> it, This would be a lot easier to read yeah. once a month. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what'd you get out of it? Pretty much a lot of what you said. You did a great job. Thank you. My I, book I, report was. I, you did a good job. <laughs> in the book report, they talked about emptying yourself. Uh, it was painful, busy, fragile. Went over all of that, and then the passage, First Corinthians nine twenty-four to twenty-seven. Yeah. That's just excellent. Yeah. I know. It is. Yeah, these are good things to renew our minds with, right? Yeah, it's hard <coughs> to do. It's just um, you got to really, you know, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And that's the, the disciplines, right? It Those is. are the disciplines of the spirit that yeah. we're striving for and working on. And mm-hmm. yeah, anyone else have anything they want to add? Okay, so. 
one of the tests that we didn't get to was, are you someone who's devastated when someone criticizes you or when someone brings a sin issue to your attention? What if it's about your kids or, you know, that like really jabs right there, right? Don't you think the closer they are to you, the more it hurts? Oh, sure. Yeah. Because we're right now we're being slandered at the jail, mm. and um, it makes me mad, but it doesn't hurt me. Yeah. And um, but if my husband slandered me, I wouldn't be too happy. Yeah. 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 We're supposed to get to the point where, like you said, we're Paul said, right? I don't, you know, I don't, I don't look to what man thinks of me. I don't even look to what I think yeah. of me because even if I think in my conscience I'm good, still God is the judge. Right. He knows my heart way right. better than I right. 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 So I keep trying to practice that mentally. Yeah. And it's it's That's hard right. work. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm sorry <coughs> going through that. Um. So. If you're someone who maybe blows off criticism, that would be a selfish attitude. Or do you obsess over it? That would be a prideful attitude. Or do you ask the Lord to show you your blind spots? That's a humble attitude, right? So these are the, where we want to get, right? To um, having our, our minds filled with Christ and asking the Lord to not let us care about what others think, not care about what we think, but only care about what he thinks. And then listen to what he says to us and, and apply it. You gave a real key there of just the humble part of it. And sometimes it's a battle to get from the resisting, especially if it's not delivered in a way that we would want it oh, to be sure. delivered. Yeah. It can be a battle to get from there to be able to take it before the Lord in spite of that and say, where is the truth? Is there truth in that? What part of it is me? Yeah. And so that can be a process. Yeah, definitely. I think you want to, you know, you, you live in the trenches with your family. So you know where your, parent, your kids struggle. You know where your husband struggles. And so you almost want to, like, defending them mm-hmm. um, or even just say yeah I know I live there in that house like, <laughs> we're working on it yeah <laughs> but that's a humble hard. response versus no they're not right it's like yeah. you know yeah we're working on it that is humility to you say know, that other people can be more gracious than because in your own home you're like oh but, you know you're, you're probably more critical than yeah. you right. but when, when outsiders are critical you're like no, only I'm allowed to be. Cri- We're going to talk about being critical. That's the I next poll. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's, it's kind of like the mama bear. Thing. Oh, for sure. We know it's true, but we're going to, like, yeah. You know, another thing for me that I've experienced, which I just saw a light with what you said, um, is, you know, when something said to um, my heart instantly goes into defense mode, but then I realize it, and I run to God, and I <coughs> ask Him, you know, to, and it happened recently, 
I've asked him to help me um, change my heart, you know, to help me not not be critical about it, you know, accept it and so on. But what I was missing that you just pointed out was asking him to show me where I was wrong, if I was wrong. You know, show me my sin, if there was any, any fault on my part, right? Um, so I was pretty much running to him for comfort for me to help me, like, not get mad at that person because they did something wrong, <laughs> not realizing that I could have parts in it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's the humble part. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, there are times where people criticize us and it's completely off-base, right? Mm-hmm. Or what they perceive <coughs> us to be. But there's still something, maybe, truth in there that mm-hmm. we need to look at. and mm-hmm. Okay. Or even how we're responding to it or... So, I, yeah, it's hard to ask the Lord, though. It's easy to ask him for help, but it's hard to ask him for to reveal our sin to us. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. So, just on the end of our last week, um, ways to not grow are fruits of selfishness. Ask, what things do you need to enjoy that are not about you? Which is... Others, successes, others, opportunities, others, fortunes, you know, things about others. What do I need to teach myself and teach my children, right, um, to be happy for others and not grow those, those roots deeper of selfishness and being jealous and bitter and angry at what others have. You know, we want more, right? He said, like, oh, well, I have this, but yeah. then they have more, so I want more. Yeah. Um, uh, he gave an example of if they get third place, be happy, but also be happy for those who get second or first. Yeah. Or more practically, be happy when you get to do something fun, but also happy for others. And I added, even your siblings, when they get invited to do something you don't. Wouldn't this be a great skill or character to train our young people? Um, because we're in a world where there's a lot going on our church there's a lot of people there's a lot of fellowship um, some things we are included in and some things we aren't right so teaching our kids teaching ourselves hey look at what they get to do right that's that's fun for them maybe someday God will let us do that you know or whatever you yeah, have two sisters that are close and they're not believers I think yeah, yeah you put it on did you is it too hot <laughs> no, no. oh. 70 degrees I really told it's like really coming right on my head. Phil went to visit Pastor Dale and he keeps his apartment at 80. Very hot. And he was like, <laughs> dying. And all the women came in and opened the windows. Up. <laughs> oh, I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this is two sisters that plan trips and they tell me about it and they specifically don't invite me. Uh-huh. Yeah. But they're not believers. Yeah. And so, you know, it. I don't have to say a thing. All they have to, especially one, looks at me and she just, she, 
she's angry with me mm-hmm. because she came so close to accepting the Lord and she didn't. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, she's just been very bitter. Mm-hmm. So I just pray for her. Right. Yeah. And really, she's taking it out on you, but it's towards the Lord, right? Absolutely. So it's hard to see that, though, and mm-hmm. accept it sometimes. Um, so our selfishness is contrary to the gospel. We know that. And so let us die to ourselves daily. Um, so how do we get a transformed view of ourselves? And we're going to do our tree that I love. But this time, it's the, the good roots and the good fruits. So... What would you say some of the good roots are of, like, the fruits of the Spirit, the fruits we want to produce and grow? How do we get those roots? What are the, where do the roots start? Well, love. No. <laughs> oh, with God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you want to go there. I, I would say the whole thing should be love, right? Because we know the fruit of the Spirit is love. Right. And then, you know, all the fruits that come. Right. So I was thinking, because last week I, I, I'm, you know, you really don't need to know what I was planning because <laughs> you're not in my head. Um, so last week it was my way, my this, my that. So I was thinking God's ways, you know, God's, what, uh, plans or God's sovereignty. Um how do we get the roots? We are, we're in His Word. Are you focusing on His goodness? Yeah, His goodness. So those create the the fruits, which we all know are the fruits of the Spirit. Are there any other fruits <coughs> that you can think of that aren't listed as fruits of the Spirit that we want to put on our tree? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. by setting it, thought about it. Well, like humility, right? Yeah. We were just talking about yeah, that. But it's not one of the fruits of the Yeah, so, yeah. But we know. that section in Peter that says, add to this, yes. this, and add to that, that, all the list of the virtues. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Fit into that, and right now I'm drawing a blank <laughs> to what they are. Yeah. But self-control, right? That's what we're talking about, self-control. <laughs> so here's our fruit that we want to start growing, but we have to start with the Lord and Him, His ways. Lord, what are your ways in my life? What are your plans for my life? How are you sovereignly um, ruling over me and directing me? What does your word say about this? You know, and then also the goodness of God and his, his, his mercy and grace on us. Um, Wouldn't it really be all of his character? Yeah. But some of his character we can reflect in the fruit. So, um yeah, we can't. We can't be. We can't have all of them, but we can have a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. But he gives us the opportunity to reflect his. Some of yeah. you know his. Um, the fruits we can reflect yeah. are are the fruits of the spirit and the fruits that we want to grow. Um, so, I I like this visual for me because I I think okay, how do I root out the bad ones and replace them? So, you know, my words, if I'm just thinking, I'm talking to myself versus listening to God's word, um, I'm thinking about all the things I want or need, 
not God's goodness to me, mm-hmm. um, my plans, right? So mm-hmm. rooting out our, our thinking, our, our ways, and putting in God's will help us grow these things that we really want to display. So, okay. I, you guys know I like to read, and I started a new book, and I'm only on chapter two, and when you're studying something, don't you just see how God, like, puts it into every single thing that you're studying? Yeah. So, um, Phil said, I'm giving this to you for Christmas, and I want you to read it. And I said, oh, thank you. Practicing <laughs> affirmation. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess he was affirming me to practice affirmation, right? But, oh, my goodness, it's so good. I was a little, like, um, obviously, yes, I need to read that. Um, and it kind of is that, I, I felt like it was a bittersweet moment because, yeah. I know I need it, and then it was also somebody I love telling me lovingly, you need this. So, um, the sting. That was the humble (laughs) part of me going, yes, I need to read that. So, um, you got practical application this week, didn't you? Yes, but I read this and I was like, oh, I need to share this with the class because it's just so, so applicable to all this of, um, of putting on the one another's, really, is what we're going to talk about. Um, and I'm only on chapter two, so, like, it's packed. Um, the, the chapter is called The Key to Refreshing Relationships, and the key is the key. The key. So what does that mean? Okay. We might not think that a key is the main part of a building. The rooms, the roofs, the walls, the doors, the windows, the square footage, are more important than the key. But without the key, you can't have the rest. The key is crucial for gaining access. So that, I mean, just to tell you guys, we don't use a key at our house, but um, (laughs) I, I just, the concept of having the key so that you can have, the key is what? The Lord, so that we can have all of these things. Like, he has the house for us ready and willing. Like, we just have to um, use his his steps to open the door with the key and um, practically grow in them. Um, so, in the book, he says, he charges us with the idea that affirming one another is the key, is a key, really, and if we are pursuing the one another's in love, harmony, building up, care, kindness, like these are all of our fruits, the fruits will grow and hopefully overgrow in abundance. So he also, so then this concept he goes into, did you know when we refresh or affirm others, God's promise of mercy is given to us? I hadn't thought about this. When we affirm or refresh others, they're kind of a synonym, affirm, refresh, bless. Um, His mercy, he promises his mercy to us. And I guess I hadn't really stopped and thought about that phrase. Because what's mercy? 
Anybody know like the not receiving what you don't what you do what deserve. deserve? Yeah, not getting what we deserve, right? Yeah. Where grace is receiving something you don't don't deserve, deserve right? So that's mm-hmm. what I think of when I think of mercy, right? Not when I bless others, He's giving me mercy. He's giving me mercy all the time, right? But it's an extra mercy of um, that He promises. Um, to us. you think of the reverse of it. If you aren't merciful and kind to one another, um, then the judgment goes back on you. Right. Right. You know how yeah. you treat others. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. in First Corinthians fourteen twenty six, it says, "What then, brothers? When you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation." Like, basically, we all have something to contribute to the body. Let all things be done for building up. And then Romans 15.2. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. Okay, so we have good news. Our commission is to build up our neighbor. It's not all duty and no delight. It is not all costs and no benefits. It's not all planting and no harvest, all preparation and no party. On one occasion, the Apostle Paul reported the supernatural workings of refreshment and mercy this way. Okay, and this is from 2 Timothy 1, 16-18. May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Anesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he arrived in Rome... He searched for me earnestly and found me. May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you know well all the service he rendered at Ephesus. Okay, so this is only two verses. And he says there's five people involved in these two verses. Any? Who'd you get? Anesiphorus. Yeah. Paul. God, yes. <laughs> good, good answer. <laughs> the other way you mentioned two names right at the back so uh, May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Anesiphorus. Oh, okay. So the household. The household. Yeah. Okay. And then the last one, which took me a second, is Timothy, because he's the one being written to. Yeah. So, okay, so we got to apply <clears throat> this. This is how, I, it, it just, I don't know, the way he did this really um, opened my eyes. So we have the Lord, who's the giver of all good and merciful things. He's the giver. And then we had Anesiphorus, and what was he doing? Refreshing him. Refreshing him. So that's us. We're the ones who are doing the refreshing, right, where we should be. Okay. Then we have Paul, and he's the one being refreshed. So those are the other people in our life that we're looking to refresh and bless. And then we have the household, Anesiphorus' household. So they got to watch all of this. And then they were blessed because of his faithfulness, right? And then we have Timothy who received it in a letter. So then we have the onlookers who are just watching us. They're watching us do all these things. And I was like, wow, I never would have got that if somebody smart wouldn't have explained it to me, right? Um. And so it just, it reminded me, like, how complex God is and yet how simple. It was just one man doing what the Lord told him to do, serve another person, and then that person was blessed. The household was blessed because they 
um, were a part of it, either by sending him or maybe supporting him, going with him. And then the, the people were blessed because they saw his faithfulness. And Timothy, you know, then read it to the whole church, right? So it just went on and on, this blessing that Anesiphorus probably hadn't really implied to think of everybody that was going to get a blessing from this. He was There's just being faithful. There's a song about that, and if I can remember the gal's name. I've got her DVD, but she talked about, you know, our blessing for in our family goes down from generation mm-hmm. to generation, but any any sins, the curse also goes down. So you can look at it from both angles. Right. You know, we have a huge influence to bless people. We also have a huge influence to curse or discourage yeah. people. Yeah. You know. And, and that's the key. Like we, we have, have no a huge idea. influence. We do. What are we doing with it? Right. Whether we feel like we have a huge influence or not, right? right. Somebody's always watching. Yep. Um, yeah. So. It made me think of, okay, so because my husband gave this to me, you all know that I have a critical spirit. So I um, made me think of our passage last week, James, which was James 3.15. The um, Oh, here, let me find it. Um, if it, where bitter jealousy and envy exist and they're all the earthly demonic things, right? Mm-hmm. That's our that's our critical spirit. Mm-hmm. And then what does our critical spirit turn into? It, for me, bitterness. Yeah, words, right? Okay. It turns into words. And then our other, the other verse I was thinking of, you know, the out of the abundance of the heart is what mm-hmm. is speaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is my critical spirit now becoming critical words? That's mm-hmm. just, it's just snowballing. Instead of this effect of, you know, showing mercy serving like that snowball was a great snowball this is a terrible snowball that we don't want um and he talks about how our words affect others Mm -hmm. and the critical spirit and the critical words and um he uh so he talks about like maybe you have somebody in your life that you're just not connecting with like maybe you've tried and there's just no connection it's a um, it's a battle, right? And for some people, you know, like I think parents can usually find a time where there might be a, a, a um, child that you've had that was just not responsive to your words. Um, and he had one, and so what he realized was that his critical spirit mm-hmm. was overshadowing their whole relationship. Mm-hmm. And so he was, made himself just find good things to say about her. And, you know, it was even like, he gave this example, going into the bedroom, you know, two sisters sharing a room, one half is super clean, one half is a disaster, and she's the disaster, right, this one that he's having problems with. So he he saw that she had lined up something on her dresser, tallest in the back, and then, you know, he said, well, those really, whatever he said, you know, like, God gave you the thought to put the higher things in the back so that you could see the smaller things in the front. I was like, oh, my gosh, I never would have thought that was a good thing to, you know, bring them, like, to not criticize instead of find one good thing, mm-hmm. right? And then he said he started doing those little, little things, mm-hmm. and the whole relationship turned around. Yeah. Even, like, a kid, in, he was a teacher, and he had a kid in class who was just difficult, more than difficult. And um, he said one day he was just 
off in his thoughts, you know, daydreaming while everybody else is doing their math. And he said, oh, wow, you must have a great imagination mm-hmm. that you can sit here and just think about things, you know. <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, as a teacher, you're like, no, stop doing that and do your math. And, yeah. You know, but he, he had to find um, positive things to say so that it wasn't all just critical. It wasn't just a critical spirit. And I think as parents, obviously, we can find all the critical things to say because we want to produce fruit, but it's not the way to produce fruit. Um, Jamie, you talk about the blessings passing down and the curses passing down. I grew up in a very critical household. And so even as a brand-new believer with a new family, it took a long time to be able to... To root out those roots, right? Yeah. To root it out. And so, you know, my kids were raised, even though I didn't want it to happen, you're trained. And so until God kind of helps you to open your eyes and begin to replace that, and Lord willing, the cycle is breaking in life and can switch to that. Right, right, yeah. It takes a lot of work. It does. <laughs> a lot. And self-discipline. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Self-control. Um, yeah, and then Proverbs 11:25 says, Whoever brings a blessing will be enriched, and the one who waters will himself be watered. And then I was thinking of Proverbs 19:13, which is the quarreling wife who, you know, is like the drip, oh, drip, yeah. drip, drip. <laughs> and so... Uh, we don't want to be that, no. but are we? Are we criticizing everything in our home, whether it's our husband or our kids, <coughs> um, and it's just a continual dripping? Um, Jamie? I've heard of where wives have turned that around by every day thanking God for something about their husband, and the next day they got to find something new to yes. thank God that yeah. he's mm-hmm. given to their husband, and pretty soon her attitude Towards him changes, yeah. and then it's reciprocal. Right. And fixes mm-hmm. some marriages. Yeah. Well, I, I looked up, yeah. to be critical. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I looked up the word dripping, and the opposite is the dripping of honey, which is the sweetness. Oh. And so that's what we want, right? Yeah. We want to be dripping honey, not mm-hmm. the, the nasty right. rainwater. You change your heart. Yeah over time by every day coming up with something new to thank God about. Yeah. We could be dripping over and over and over and it'd be sweet. Yeah. Or we could do it and it's just Mm -hmm. nasty and annoying. Right. (laughs) Yep. We we know, right? That helps us. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. That helps us to change our heart even if sometimes we may not be able to think of something or we only think <laughs> yeah. so we're just praying yeah. every day and, and <clears throat> talking to God first and we might be able to see things later yeah. that we weren't able to see. Yeah, thank you that he gets up every day and goes to work, you know. Yeah. Thank you that I have a husband. Thank mm-hmm. you that, you know, it's hard. Mm-hmm. To, I know people have hard marriages, and um, but... I think a lot of it's our perspective too, and it will change us when we're thankful for things. So, yeah, echoing what she said about prayer. You know, yeah. like when we talk to God about people first, then when we're talking to that person, then our hearts already changed. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's an actual change, you know, when God changes our hearts. Right. A true change, right? Yeah. Not us trying, just trying. But even with siblings, you know, mm-hmm. about. My boys are all, well, the first two are four years apart, and then they're all, the rest of them are three. And so, of course, my nine-year-old thinks that his five-year-old brother is very annoying. And so, um, helping him to focus on 
I remind him, like, well, you have to think about the good things about him. You can't only just focus on the things that are that stick out to you that are bo- you know that bother you. Yeah. So mm-hmm. helping them to see that too. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is not easy to practice <coughs> yeah. as a nine-year-old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not easy for us either. No, that's a good time to start. <coughs> And for us to realize, like, I was annoying when I was five. I'm probably annoying at nine, right? (laughs) 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 We're not here, though. (laughs) And then when you do it with your kids, you have an opportunity later to do it with grandkids. Oh, I bet. Yeah, because I I, I, thought, yeah, a lot of my kids have grandkids. Hazel, who's 12, was annoyed with her 10-year-old brother. And I said, but Hazel, no, it was her brother that was annoyed with Hazel. And he was putting together some um, gear deal that he got for Christmas, which was very complex. And she went in, and she stopped, and she thought about it, because he kept having a problem for, like, two days working on this with this issue. She thought in her mind. She figured it out. She fixed it. And I said, oh, here's the perfect opportunity. So I really said, um, Elijah, look what your sister did. Yeah. That is really awesome. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess it is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, it doesn't stop. Go from your kids <laughs> to your grandkids. Yeah, yeah, finding new ways, right, yeah. to do it. And, yeah. and the first chapter in this book is all about bringing the Lord into the affirmation first, like, um, which is hard to do. And so, oh, look what God gave her this ability yeah. to see this problem and then help you with it. And mm-hmm. so he was good to you. Right. And putting it on the Lord and not always on the person, too. So, Well, helping them see that, that God gave him that sibling. Like, there's no mistake that that right. sibling was, as much as they were meant for me, like, they were also meant for each other as right. well. And that they had, I call one my doer, one my thinker, and one my baby charisma, um, because they all have such different gifts. And so it's like, imagine if you put all three of those together and they learn to work well together, mm-hmm. how much they can be used by God. And, um, and you know, that God is even using their bad to shape them, just like the bad with our husbands being used to shape us. And so that's understanding God's sovereignty that, no, I didn't choose the wrong husband. It's like, no, God used those things, or knows those things and is using those things to shape me to make right. me more like him mm-hmm. so yeah. same thing with siblings so. yeah mm-hmm. and I remember telling my kids like um, you're always going to have difficult people in your life mm-hmm. <laughs> so get over it now yeah, like exactly. learn how to get along <laughs> God is always going to put someone difficult in your life yeah. and you might not have to live with them which would be a blessing but you're going to have to work with them or some, right. you're going to be put in a group of people I was even telling Mateus this the other day because he was saying something about just you know that group of kids at school and I said there's always going to be that group you know, whether it's in the church or it's in your work or it's at school, like there's always going to be people do not doing what they're supposed to be doing, right? right? Always. Mm-hmm. So, how do you live in light of that? Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah, hard. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he says, when God grants mercy to someone who reflects others, who refreshes others. The the one doing the refreshing is released from the consequences he deserves for being a sinner in each and every relationship. Okay, keep going. For example, we don't deserve to have others forgive us, listen to us, or give us any second chances. Yet those things are mercies from God when we show our humble repentance by seeking to refresh, encourage, energize, and build up others. 
taking a genuinely loving interest in their welfare. That's good. I know. I started and everything. I, yeah. So blessing others is the calling of every Christian. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to do this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. First Peter 3, 9. Um, and then he goes into corrections, and corrections way more than affirmations. And I don't know if you've ever heard that, um, you know, fat weighs more than muscle. Mm-hmm. But if you have a pound of fat and you have a pound of muscle and you put them on a scale, they're both the same. Just one takes up more room, right? But we think, as women, fat weighs more, right? That just sounds no, better. Muscle actually weighs more than fat. Well, it's dense. But we think, like, oh, well, if I lose the fat, right, then I won't weigh as much, right? (laughs) Well, we think muscle weighs more, but I'm like, it's just trying to get our idea that if we didn't just turn it into muscle, it would be equal. Uh, Do you mean fat takes up more room? Yeah, fat takes up more room. room. Yeah, because if you have a pound of fat and a pound of uh, muscle, they're, they weigh the same, but they take up, yeah. the fat takes up right. way more room. Right. So, corrections weigh more than affirmations. Mm-hmm. They're weightier. They hurt us more. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what it's like. People say it takes, you know, I think 20, 20 affirmations to, like, delete one mm-hmm. criticism or something. That's right. It is. It's about mm-hmm. 1 to 20. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His ratios, he gave ratios and... Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's crazy. Like, when you think about, for every one <laughs> critical thing I say, if I have to say 20 things, I'll be like, how about I just start with one? Like, start balance going the other way with one, you know? Because that felt too overwhelming yeah. that I have to say 20 nice things for every <laughs> critical thing I say. I don't know if that's true or if that's true. Well, I think it's to renew the, the relationship. Um, um, and really what it is is, is trust. Um because corrections tend to outnumber affirmations, and so by so doing, corrections sabotage and undercut the value of affirmation. Oh. So, because um, <clears throat> even in the Bible, like there'll, there'll be corrections, there'll be more corrections sometimes than praises, and God still ordained that. You know, mm-hmm. like oh, you're, you know, we have to thank God for all these things, but Harry, you've got to be to work on this stuff. Right. You know, he's not doing 20 hours. Corrections, though, are different than criticism. Yeah. So I had to think about that, too, because I was like, well, we, as you know, as parents, we're supposed to correct our children just like God corrects us. But how do we do it? So um, I have an example here. Hold on. Um, well, I was thinking, what do we know from Scripture about love? Right? It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Mm-hmm. It criticizes all things. Or corrects all things? No. Like, but that's what we do because we think we're being loving sometimes mm-hmm. with others. Um, <coughs> so if there's someone that you want a more refreshing relationship with, you're going to have to outweigh the affirmation with the criticism. If an overly corrective, under-affirming pattern continues, three things will happen. So these are the what's going to happen. First, others stop hearing our corrections, right? The child or the spouse who feels like they do nothing right. They're just hearing the drip, 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 drip. Um, 
they're not hearing like, oh, I need to do my laundry or I need to, you know, whatever it is that we're criticizing. Secondly, they stop hearing us all together, not just our corrections. And that's what this guy had talked about with his daughter. She just wasn't listening altogether. But as a person, they, they would not ask us for the time of day because we would say, did you forget your watch? Yeah. yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, they couldn't even ask us a question without a, a response that's critical. Yeah. So they just give up asking. <clears throat> and then thirdly, the relationship itself becomes oppositional, like a bad echo that repeats what you say, but with disagreement or really sarcasm. Right? Um, we're just going to hear it back to us. They're just going to start getting critical to us. Um, and that's, uh, what was the... Um, those were the three things, but what was it in a relationship? What did you say it was? If we're critical all the time, or um, an overly overly critical mm-hmm. spirit, overly corrective, under affirming pattern continues. These three things will happen. Okay. Um, is that what you were looking for? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking too of. Um, um, his proverbs, but a soft answer turns away wrath. Yeah. It's like that's our preventative medicine, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like having it's a soft true. answer, it prevents <clears throat> that response of anger. And yeah. so I was thinking about that yesterday. Boy, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah, Phil always used the, um, I don't know what verse it is either, but the like flaming the fire. Like, are oh, you yeah. putting more wood on the fire right. yeah. to make this argument bigger? Mm-hmm. Or are you, like, putting it out? And so mm-hmm. I think that's a good visual for our kids because they know what it looks like to okay. fan, a f- fan a fire and get right. it going higher and higher. Yeah. But um, that's what our words do, right? And, um, and so putting a gentle answer on it does turn away wrath or puts it out. So how do we practice more affirmation than criticism? How do we do it? I mean, for me, I think it's just that practice, right? Like being mindful, thinking about it. We talked about it last week, being mindful of what we're doing and saying and um, thinking. And when I have a critical spirit about someone, um, asking the Lord to um, forgive me and humble me and change my thoughts about them. Like we talked about, the more things we think or pray that are good about them that's going to change my heart and attitude towards that person sometimes he tells us not to say anything because I had that opportunity this morning I was getting irritated at my husband for doing something and I thought just shut up (laughs) don't say anything just work through it you know and it was much better sure because normally I would say something yeah and then it just then and I am sometimes that you know that dripping mm-hmm. faucet, and I'm like, ooh, yikes, that's me. Oh, I know. I gotta, man, I gotta work on those affirmations. I do affirmations, but I think he doesn't take them seriously. <laughs> because, because there's my more criticism, right? Yeah, hello. <laughs> yeah. I've been praying recently about this, and just asking God to show me a better way. Mm-hmm. Show me a better way, like. I, what I'm doing is not working, so show me a better way. You know, because I need to be sh- like convinced in my own heart, like this is the right way. And I'm convinced right now that you know I'm I'm obviously think it's the right way, but it's not the right way. So show me a better way. Show me the way you have for me. Mm-hmm. I was also thinking, especially with adult children. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's. <laughs> that's a tricky one. 
Yeah. <laughs> so one thing I've learned is um, not to give them my opinion on something unless mm-hmm. they ask for it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Unless it's, you know, like a dire circumstance. Right. You know, like sure. when they're right. four, you say don't run in the street, you're right. going to buy a car. Yeah. Right? But when they're 24, <laughs> they know that. But there, uh, there may be expectations that I have of them mm-hmm. that I, I, well, I mean, I've been praying about this for a while, but, <laughs> but really learning to see them as individuals mm-hmm. and the way that God's gifted them individually, they're not the same. Right. And so my expectations could be off, right? right? And it's not my expectation that needs to be met. It's that I need to change my perspective and look for things like, wow, she's doing that really well. And I need to verbally say that. Yeah. Sometimes I stop short. Right. Like I can think that, but then sure. I don't say yeah. it. Yeah. Right. And Me it too. might be something like, wow, you are so good at sewing. Mm. I don't have that gift, mm-hmm. but I, I really appreciate that about you and that you take the time to do that mm-hmm. or that you're so, um, I don't know, whatever it is. Yeah. It can be anything. Yeah. That's, um, that really uh, affirms them or builds them up or is edifying or points them to look how God gifted you in this area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A couple thoughts there, but um, yeah, really a lot of it is just, you know, like Becky said, sometimes just holding your tongue. If they ask me for my opinion, I will give it to them, and I try to do it lovingly. Sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, really refraining from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I don't have a lot, I don't have a lot of adult children yet, but I can see even, like, <clears throat> and my children, I, you know, we want them to respond how we would respond. And at almost 50 years old, they're still not going to respond, even if they're 24, the right. way that I would now. Because right. I wouldn't have it 24, right? Right. right? So we just forget. We want them to be mature right. and be, you know, where maybe we are now. And that's funny you said that because I was thinking about one of my daughters and I thought, wow. Why doesn't she do such and such? And then I thought, just like you did, would I have thought that yeah. at that age? Yeah. No. Yeah. So get over it. Right. Stop those expectations. <laughs> yeah. It's a good point. Well, and for me, the progression from critical to beginning affirmation, actually there, there's a middle stage stopping the criticism. But yeah. then I got stuck there for yeah, a while. Yeah, just not right. saying anything. Not saying anything, yeah. but then not... Having never seen it modeled, right. not knowing how to begin doing the affirmation, mm-hmm. and it's hard work to even think Cause that we, way. You were programmed the other way. I was programmed the other way, so and so I have a long ways to go still in yeah. that direction, but right. I do, and kind of like piggybacking on what you were saying, one of the things in adding on to learning how to deal with adult children is... Are you just needing to vent, or are you wanting my opinion? Mm. So just ask them. Mm. That's, that's been a real key thing, because then that gives them the freedom to tell you. Yeah. yeah. That's true. What it is. Because sometimes we just need to hear ourselves talk something through. And mm-hmm. isn't that our goal, to model and to help the other person to find the answer for themselves, mm-hmm. to not be, treat them like the four-year-old or the five-year-old. Of, yeah. Well, you need to do this, and to remove that, you need to out of your vocabulary, mm-hmm. but just to ask them, what do you need? Mm-hmm. Do you need just an ear? Do you need to hear yourself talk, or do you need, are you asking for my opinion? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Helpful. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe I need that book. <laughs> <laughs> Myself. I, yeah, I there's I even in the back. Oh. I think I need that book. 
there are 100 affirmations. Yeah, I mean, some of them are kind of crazy. <laughs> like, I did not like number one. Okay. Loan a young person your keys or give him his own key. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but then I thought maybe that shows to trust them. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my key. Maybe you don't. But I'm not sure what it's for. Like, are you giving them your car? Yeah. Or like, they come into my house? I didn't know what he meant. Yeah. So I got stuck on everyone. Yeah. But, um, yeah. They, they do get better. They're good. Let me read you a good one. I can see an example of that with our little granddaughter. She oh, you give her the keys to when she was in elementary school, um, she was um, she was actually having to walk home from school sometimes, or I would pick her up and drop her off, and we couldn't get in. We'd have to call Dad and say, can you open the garage door so we can get in? Mm-hmm. And so I had a talk with him, and I said, you know, old enough, mature enough now that she can have a house key and I think she'll be responsible enough to, you know, protect her life, you know. Um, And he saw my point. I said, because she gets home, if I can't pick her up, she gets home alone and she has to stand out there by herself until you open the garage door. Until he sees her on the camera or something? Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Sometimes we call and he, he was on a call. She sure. was a firefighter and he couldn't answer. And so they gave her a house key and it was perfect. I mean, she never lost it or anything. So that, and that made her feel... Right. Trusted yeah. and... Yeah. 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 It was an affirmation for her. Right. Yeah. And then they grow in that as they get older, right? Yeah. 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 I've been thinking about so this. That lately. could be his frame of mind. Yes, it could be that. It was, I took it and went like, yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking about this lately with my kids, and as we're like trying to encourage independence with school and like governing themselves. And right. I mean, Jesus passed down to Peter the keys, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he left at the height. Everyone was like, Jesus, you're the you're a leader, yeah. you know. And he just not checked. He stepped out. Yeah. He said, It's better that I go away so the helper can come, mm-hmm. you know. And our kids. If they're believers, they have the helper. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I've just been really meditating on this um, it, with homeschooling as they get a little bit older, but just giving them that, okay, I trust that you're going to make the right decision, and I'm going to kind of take it. I've heard this from moms that have, like, older boys, too. Right. Like, the boys tend, I've heard, they, they need to have that independent, they need to be given that because they need <laughs> to step up as a leader, you know? And so, um, just that whole idea of trusting mm-hmm. and giving them guidance and letting them step up. Right. Yeah. And letting them fail. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that they learn exactly. from it not and keep growing. Yeah. 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 Not, not mm-hmm. bailing yeah. them out or, right. you know, mm-hmm. seeing that they're about to fail and stepping in and fixing it really quickly. Right. Right. While they're still in yes. the group. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. And like she says, it's about Peter. Like an affirmation, but like if somebody's struggling and I, I don't really in my family, um, I can just say, how can I help you? Yeah. And that's not being critical, and it's not like, and I, am, I would do it a certain way, but you're a different person. So like, what can I do to help you through this? So I can get some stress. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, I brought these. If you have one, 
or you don't, Phil passed them out a while ago. They're the one and others. And um, if you want one, I think there's enough. Um, but we were going to look at some of the verses, but you guys can look at those. And then I just wanted to show you a couple other really good books. Um, this one is 31 Ways to Be a One Another Christian by Stuart Scott. Um, it's like, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Be in submission to one another. Be kind to one another. So... Um, this is kind of just a, even a counseling resource or a parenting resource when you're like, be kind to one another. What does it say? <laughs> you know. Um, and then this one, caring for one another, eight meaningful eight ways to cultivate meaningful relationships by Ed Welch. Another good one. And um, <laughs> we did this with the uh, our young adult group. And I have a bunch extra. They're all Jonathan Edwards um, resolutions. And so I just wanted to offer these to you guys if you want one. I'll just put them up here. Um, they have, it has all of them. It was kind of fun to go through them with the, the college kids and be like, he was 19 years old, you know. This is what he was dedicating his life to. And so just good reminders. But any last words? When you were talking about affirmations, I was remembering early in my marriage, even before I became a Christian, it used to drive me crazy. My husband would do something and he would come and have me, come look at what I did. Mm. It was like he wanted me to affirm right. him and I just looked at him and said, why are that. you asking that I wouldn't do it? <laughs> so like a little kid, right? It was just, yeah. <laughs> it just, I had no understanding <laughs> at all. all. They, they were just like, needing that affirmation. They were needing yeah. it, but it's yeah. like, yeah. why are you asking for it? Right. Because you asked for it, I'm not going to give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've learned that even if I don't have something nice to say, yeah. or I can't, I, I could think of an affirmation, but I haven't, right. it's trying to say thank you. Yeah. Just be grateful. Yeah. You know, yeah. thank you for doing that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Um, that helps my heart. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for uh, your word and just uh, the depth of it, and that this is just one very small subject in your word, Lord. And we want to grow. We want to grow in the one another's. We want to grow in um, being women who lift up and build up our houses and not tear them down and tear or our church, Lord. And so please help us change our hearts, our attitudes, our minds so that we can be more thoughtful of you and your word and how Show us, like Jen said, show us what we should be doing so that we can do it well and um, be faithful in all these things. In your name, amen. Amen.